Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. Welcome back. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. I come to you in peace, and I'm so excited to be here today. Hey, have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a movie star? Wondered what it would be like to have somebody powdering your nose, doing sound and light checks while you're filmed? Feel the envy of people looking on? Well, that's what today's show is about. The making of the film I'm the star of, Tantric Tourists. My guests today are Alexander Snelling, the director of Tantric Tourists, and Kirsty Allison, the movie's producer from Slack Alice Films in the UK. Welcome, you two. So great to have you on my show. Hi, Laurie. Hello, Laurie. Wonderful, wonderful to have you. Wonderful to hear you again. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. So today we're going to talk about the making of the film that we did together. You obviously came up with the idea and you created it and you enrolled me into the possibility, which wasn't difficult. You didn't have to twist my arm. It was so exciting to have the idea. But let's roll back a little bit and talk about how we met and just how this idea came about. So, Alex, can you tell us a little something about how it was that we met? You know, go, roll back a little bit. I guess it was four years. It was nearly four years. Um, we were, yeah, we were traveling. Um, we were actually traveling with a camera. We were actually, we'd actually, at the end of a, a month-long travel around the whole of India, well, that actually very, very luckily and very, very almost faithfully, um, we'd been traveling around various places, I guess not really um, unexpected places for tourists, but we'd gone to Rajasthan, Agra, um, a lot of the places that we were actually going to be filming you in um, a year later, we'd actually already been to these places. And, and um, I just bought this little camera and um, we were kind of testing it out. And we made a few little films and um, it was at the end of our holiday. We were feeling a bit sad to be leaving India because I love India so much. And, um, and that's where we met this, um, this just crazy whirling lady from New York City on a <laughs> beach in Goa. Um, in a, in a lovely guest house in Goa, um, where, um, you were a whirling dervish and I didn't know what a whirling dervish, well, I'd heard the term, but I, I didn't think I'd ever meet one. And, um, and yeah, we met one and it was you, you're a whirling dervish and that was, that was my first impression. My God, I've met a whirling <laughs> dervish, but a whirling dervish with the most infectious laugh in the world. And um, who gets up at six in the morning to go and spin on the beach, and um, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely, um, a, a unique character. And um, Kirsty, Kirsty kept in touch, and yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, we remembered you. Obviously, we we remembered you very, very well. And um, and Amit and Sipu kind of faded into the background, really. The the two guides from the film. But they didn't really get much of a look in when we met you that um, I think it's really just over about a period of a day, like a couple of meal times, like a, uh, an evening meal and a breakfast. And then um, and then uh, either we left or you left. I can't remember who, first of all. But Kirsty kept in touch. And then we met you back in London. Well, and let me let me break in here for a second and because you're saying things like whirling dervish, you know, I want to make sure people understand what you're talking about when you're, you know, like, I don't care. I know what you're talking about. But 
you know, I had just, when I met the two of you, I was at this, the guest house where we met in Goa. We were in the town of Morjim, and I can't remember what the guest house's name was, but that's, a, that's irrelevant. It's that we met that was so, that was the remarkable piece to it. And I had just come from Pune in, in India, which houses the Osho Ashram. And Osho was a very famous Tantra master who was very notorious, actually. He was more than famous. He was infamous. And people especially were knew of him because he collected something like 90 Rolls Royces during the time of his life and many gold watches and things. People were very grateful for the freedom they gained when they met him, and so they would just give him things. They would buy things for him, and he loved cars and he loved watches. So, of course, you know, the Americans and the British and other people in other countries made a big to-do about it. But basically at his ashram, his ashram continues on with him not alive anymore. And in his ashram, I learned whirling. It became my favorite practice, like a whirling dervish. So I met you, and I'm sure you thought it was crazy when I said I was getting up early in the morning to go whirl on the beach with, next to the ocean with the buffaloes. Or rather fabulous, certainly. It affected you? No, it was fabulous. It was quite a fabulous thing to be going oh, on. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was crazy. <laughs> and I thought it was fabulous, yeah. <laughs> well, Kirsty, you and I spent a lot of time together, and Alex, you spent a little time with me. I actually, I thought you, my impression when I met you was that you were a little standoffish, or maybe you just didn't like me. When you say that I had this infectious laugh and, you were very attracted to work with me and everything. Imagine it was I was so surprised by the whole thing. I I maybe you don't know this, but uh, most of the British people that I've ever met in my time of going back and forth to England to teach tantra and to teach yoga boxing in many festivals in England I've been to the to the uh, healing Arts Festival and the Body, Mind, Spirit Festival. And every time I met any people from your country who became enamored of me and me them, every time I would go back to the States and then come back to England, they were nowhere to be found. So, Kirsty, when you started to keep up with me, and then Alex, when you proposed doing a film together, I was a bit shocked. Okay. No, I mean, I, I have to, yeah, I have to say, I, in a personal way, I had been, when we met in India, I had just recovered, actually, I'd just had my, um, I just had a very big birthday. Let's put it that way. Let's leave it at that. I just celebrated my birthday. I, I guess it was probably around the 14th of January, something like that. My birthday's on the 8th of January, but I'd had right. my birthday, and what I got for my birthday was extreme food poisoning. Um, we went up into the mountains and we stayed at uh, quite a, an expensive uh, hill station and I got given some prawns in the mountains, which is the last thing that you should eat in the mountains because they come from the sea. But to cut a long story short, I got quite ill and I was just recovering when I met you and I was kind of, I was pissed off that um, about a week of my holiday in India had been spent in bed. Um, not only spent in bed, but spent in bed at a, a very expensive hotel. So I was, I was paying to be ill. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, my holiday was taken from me. But um, 
And I think that when we met you, that was pretty much our lot. You know, we, we flew out of that place where we stayed. We flew out of there and we left for England. Basically, we went back to Delhi. Um, I think we stayed maybe one night in Delhi. But, you know, that was the end of our holiday. And the reason that I was probably standoffish is because I just wanted a little moment to, to myself, you know. Sure, and, sure. Um, I didn't want anybody to be spoiling my India. And, and uh, the, it's funny because it's that, it's that feeling, it's exactly that feeling of ownership that's, that's so false, you know, and so wrong to feel like that. But I know so many people actually do feel like that, especially about India. You know, spiritual places which have a lot of meaning for yeah. people, um, they decide to own it, you know, and they, and I think I actually <laughs> fell into that trap. And I, I believed that I knew India better than anybody and that India was mine. It was my own personal experience. And, you know, people have been going to India for, well, you know, it's one of the oldest civilizations in the world. So what, what, what was I doing? But it's one of those traps. It's like, hey, well, someone's in my space and you were in my space. And, and to be honest, you were, yeah, I, you know, you were you were quite abrasive to me at that time, and I was I was like, "Hey, wow, this this woman's just so loud. She's just so loud." <laughs> and, um, but I have an I have an effusive laugh. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely no. So there's this irony, there's this there's this attractiveness, yeah. but there's this there's this loudness as well. Yeah. And, and the, the more that I've spoken to you as we got to know you over the years and stuff, you know, that's that irony and that paradox is very much part of of your idea of Tantra and Osho's sort of, you know, um, paradox, very much well, paradox. And well, you know, too, it was your idea, you know, that we, that we get together and do this film and everything. And, and it's funny because I, have a, I feel that I own India, too, in a certain way. And then as the film is described, Tantric Tourists is described somewhere. I just read recently, I think it's in one of these film festivals that said, how could Laurie Handler's self-proclaimed guru feel that she could take people back to India and give them an experience of India when she had just been there once herself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Paul, there's no personal slight there, but that's exactly the... I think that's exactly what the film is about, um, or one of the themes that the film's about, and I'm, I'm quite pleased that it actually... I think it does come across like that. That's not a personal slight, but that is kind of the essence of what the film is... is examining you know is that personal feeling being distilled yeah, yeah. across many many people and you know if 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 anybody understands that and gets that from it um then i think it's a success because i think it should make people feel like you shouldn't want to own an own a country and <laughs> i i think that i can you know i think maybe if the film is a success then i think one of the reasons is because i understood the emotion you know of wanting to own something. And, yes, I, yes, yes. And, and ultimately it's about letting it go and, and not owning it. And, you know, they say if you, if you love someone, you set them free, or if you love a country, you know, like that. So yeah. it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like that. I mean, maybe that's too deep a concept to put into a, a short synopsis for a film in a film festival, but um, I don't know. I don't know how that goes down. I don't, but it does introduce an element of um, conflict into the film, rather than it making it seem like a sort of travelogue, right? Know, like well, a, a one-dimensional travelogue film, which is very much isn't. Well, Alex, it, it's brilliant. The, I mean, whether I'm the star of the film or not, which of course I'm very gratified and 
I feel phenomenal about it. It's it's the film is brilliant, and so I I don't I didn't take it. I took nothing personally because actually the fact that the two of you, unbeknownst to me, you know, two British people that I met in India at a guest house, not only kept up with me, which was beyond my wildest dreams, but also kept up with me and then wanted to make a film with me. That was the most amazing. That was how how great could that be? I I didn't and I knew. I mean, we, at some point, you and I spent so much time together. When I kept coming back and forth to England before we went to India, or we spent so much time on the film that I felt absolutely fine about however it would turn out. And I knew you were going to put a slant on it, so I didn't take it personally at all. Yeah, no, and I th- we knew that you knew that, and and it was yeah. I think that's that's what 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 made it work. And I think a, I think a lot of people. Um, wonder how 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 can that possibly have been or not from our point of view but how can you you laurie how can you have have allowed people to film you doing that um but that's the beauty and that's your power is is the the ability to to be honest when so many people would want to hide their emotions and and i actually think that's a very powerful attribute and it's, I, I guess it's to do with self-confidence and being, you know, at one with yourself and knowing yeah, yeah. That, that being yourself in front of anybody or any camera or any microphone isn't really going to harm you. And, um, you know, I'm not there yet, you know. I wish yeah. I was. I think, I think you are. And, and I think that's also, ultimately, at the end of the film, you know, it, it does actually come around to, to being a film about, you know, an uplifting film, a film with a positive message rather than just, a, you know, just laughing at people. And, well, um, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to take a pause here for a moment. I just want to let people know that you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. My guests today are from Slack Alice Films, the director and producer and the principals of Slack Alice Films, a film company in the U.K., we're going to hear more about the film, what the film is actually about, and a little bit of their, more about their backgrounds when we return. But first, I want to know if you're wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness. Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself and possibly even make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback or $14.99 ebook. You can go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers. That's sexandhappiness.com. Okay, we're back, and my guests today are Alexander Schnelling and Kirsty Allison, who are the director and producer of Tantric Tourist, the film that we shot in India about me taking people to India for the first time, for their first experience, and 
what I say, I bring them to learn surrender. But let's find out a little bit uh, about Alex. I want to know a little bit more about your background first before we actually get into what happened and the shenanigans and everything that was in filming. But tell tell me what, like, how did you even come up with this idea or qualify to make a film? Like, you do you make other films? What is Slack Alice films? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, Slack Alice films. I've made. Um, I've made set the, the one of the only routes since I I want to make uh, uh, the rest of my life making feature films. And it, in order to do that, you have to make a feature film. And this is the closest that um, we've come to doing it. And I think it's a pretty close, um, a close run thing. You know, it's, I think it's more of a feature film than a documentary. Um, but obviously, I needed to do that, and uh, the, that's the biggest, really the biggest step. Or so I thought. The biggest step in any filmmaker's career is their first feature. People go around making short films. Um, a lot of those short films are funded with more money than the money that it cost us to make this film. In its entirety, from beginning to end, including all the legal fees and the music and everything, in India, on the road in India, um, and it's a feature-length film, a, l a lot of short films cost more than, than this to make. Um, I don't know why, but I've never been particularly successful at getting funding um, and getting funding for a, for a first feature film is almost impossible. You know, and some people do it, but, you know, maybe only 100 people per year, maybe 50 people, you know, in, in the entire world, I'm talking, um, to make a first feature film. The second, if your first feature film is a success, then, then the second one is a little bit easier. But making the first one is is um is the huge hurdle. That is the the absolute leap of faith that somebody has to take. So so you and your um, journey around India. I love India, um, and I've got a feeling for India, and I have a feeling for comedy. I think, and um, it was just it didn't seem like there wasn't even a choice. It didn't even seem like a choice. The only choice was can we actually get this together? Because I think when we finally, when it finally came together, it came together all very quickly. Um, well, you, well, you, I was in England. We shot, I was in England and you called me and you said, I, I told you I was leaving. I was on my way to Heathrow. We had seen each other already. You had come, you came to something I was doing in a flat yeah, and we, that. we came and filmed you in Primrose Hill doing a workshop and we kind of brought it home and edited it and just thought, wow, this could be really, really hilarious. And this has kind of got the makings of something that would enable Alex to kind of um, get to India and show it in a two-dimensional way, which is kind of it, it created... Um, it created the perfect opportunity to kind of give another dimension as a British filmmaker. Right to India, really, so right. I'm passionate about. So I think that was the, the reasoning. Um, so, I, so I was coming, so we had done that, and then I was, I remember I was coming, I was doing a longer workshop in the countryside, in the English countryside at some beautiful old manor house, and I was coming back from there. I was on the train or the bus, and I got a call from you, and you said, where are you? And I said, I'm just about to get on the tube to go to Heathrow. And you <laughs> said, let us pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> you said to me, we're picking you up. Get out at Ealing. We're get, we want to pick you up. We have to have a conversation with you. 
So I said, okay, I got out at Ealing, you picked me up, and you drove me the rest of the way to Heathrow. And we sat down in one of those little... Oh, God, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. forgotten about that. We sat down in one of those little coffee places. We sold you the idea on that journey. Right, and you you were standing in line with me, the big line that people, the queue that people stand in when they're waiting to check in their plane tickets. You were standing there with me going, look, I'm just going to be really honest with you. I want to make a film with you. And I I went, okay. (laughs) Then we had like two months between that happening and you actually leaving for India so we then had to get it all together really and kind of work out how it was going to happen and get the cash together and um, we had to get our crew together and well I'd love Laurie I'd love where do you where do, what do you take for your memory because I don't remember that at all oh I my mean, I do now but that that yeah I'd, I'd remembered the Primrose Hill thing but I'd totally forgotten that yeah I'd totally forgotten doing well, that well, here's then what happened was you, I went home and I sent, I already had 13 or 14 people who were going to come on the tour with me to India. And my really, my thinking was this, uh, I wanted to bring people to experience what I had experienced in India, which was letting go of everything that I know about anything, the way I get things done the way I travel, the way I need things a certain way. I, When I was in India, my experience was to just let go, let go of the controls, let go of the steering wheel. There's nothing I can do. This is a big country. It's vast. People here want to please me, but they can't always do it, but they're going to say yes anyway. I'm going to be frustrated as can be if I want to, or I can just let go and enjoy the ride. And that was what I experienced the time that on the first trip when I met you two. I was just coming to the end of the trip in Goa, and I had experienced all of that, just letting go, finding out that nothing is what it seems there. Everything is different and completely the opposite or like on a different planet from where I come from. And it's a really good spiritual exercise in being quiet and letting go. So... Then I set out to take these other people, and you said, well, let's film it. So I had to go back and get the release forms. I had to get release forms from people and ask them if they wanted to be filmed, and all but one. Everybody who was signed up to go on the trip said yes. And what did they know? They didn't know you. Yeah. I mean, that was just amazing. I mean, really, in retrospect, that's just absolutely incredible, that complete strangers. I mean, that's just testament to how much they trust you, that they kind of agreed to be filmed by some people they knew very little about, really. I remember I wrote, I know, I wrote a long email professing my love for India and, and the experience that they were going to experience. And I, I think that helped. I hope it helped, anyway. I hope it helped. Oh, the email that you sent was phenomenal. The email you sent was phenomenal. And, you know, there were also people coming on that trip who didn't know me. They were coming as as a result of someone else telling them about me. And it, it, I mean, it was, it was really quite amazing. And you, whatever you did to set them straight, we had a lot of email communications ahead of time, whatever you did and whatever I did to get them ready to go and be filmed, 
in such a strange environment, and I say strange lightly because I, I don't want anyone to think for a moment that the difference and the diversity of India being very strange to Westerners, let's say, I wouldn't want that to deter anybody from going there because it's still the most amazing place to go and, and learn, have a spiritual lesson of learning surrender, of learning to, to be with what is, to, to have compassion for self as self is struggling through whatever, through, through trying to get some hot water. <laughs> oh gosh, I remember one evening at the end of the tour. Um, with you and uh, it'd been a really long 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 trip we've been traveling for a long time and someone one of the members of the party they didn't want to come out for dinner that evening and um, they were looking down the menu in the hotel and uh, they were saying please order me some food I just can't I just can't kind of decide what I want and there was a, a brain curry on the um, on the menu and that was just um it was just the the fact that that kind of thing you get faced with that kind of thing quite regularly there, and um, it's just you just deal with it, and it's um it's was fun. that not prawn curry? No, it was a brain curry. It was a it brain, brain curry. But what kind of brain could have been? They don't eat cow. What kind of brain could it have been? Brain curry. I've got no idea. Maybe it was a prawn, but it was just felt as brain. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> they don't eat brains. They don't. I was thinking, what is it? Is it a monkey brain? Is it what? No. It doesn't seem like they'd eat that in India, but I remember the incident, and I remember her starting to cry. Like she burst out in tears and said, oh, I can't eat this. I can't eat anymore. And she went to her room and uh, and, and pretty much freaked out on the last night we were there. <laughs> that was messed up, that final night, yeah. I mean, the, the, I was tired. Oh, I, mean, I, was, I was I was very, very tired, and, I'm, you know, it's... It's one one apart from many 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 not millions but hundreds thousands of decisions that you have to make while you're making a film. Um, there just is never enough time. I mean, um, and it's just fantastic training because I think more than anything else, it's about making decisions when you're under stress and when you're tired and when you don't have enough time to consider. You know, when you cannot, you just simply cannot go, oh, I'll, I'll sleep on that. You have to make a decision. And I, I think that's, um, that's basically the, the biggest learning lesson that it's, that we've had really making a film so quickly, because we did make this film in nine days. And, and your techniques of tiredness and, you know, wearing people down to, to experience, of course, because we were filming that, that, hit us as well so by the end of the trip we were absolutely shattered and um, you know and I've, I've learned I think I'm still recovering now <laughs> really no I actually do still think I'm recovering now. Um, I think that you know getting up at, at, at Varanasi in the morning and the, the exhilaration but the complete and utter I'm about to go down with pneumonia feeling um, but this is an amazing experience I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, but I feel sick with nausea. <laughs> but Alex, that's exactly how everybody feels in India. They, they're, they're doing, they're, at some point on everyone's trip in India, they're sick at yeah. least for 24 hours, and they feel the same way. They're, they're at the Taj Mahal, 
The last time I took people, which was about a year ago, we were at the Taj Mahal and this beautiful woman, probably a model striking type character, was so ill at the Taj Mahal that she didn't want to go in. She was laying outside the Taj Mahal. And I begged her, I said, please, you're going to so regret coming all the way to this magnificent country and missing the biggest thing that people come for, the Taj Mahal, you've got to, you've got to let us carry you in. And so she did. And we carried her in so she could see the magnificent Taj. And I, I took a picture of her in front of it too, so she'd remember that. And she hates the picture, but believe me, that, you know, everybody gets sick there. They're down for the count for some amount of time, so they have the exact thought you had. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, but that, and that last night was really, I th- actually, it went on for us. You went on to Pune, didn't you? But we, we just went on and experienced, um, Amit's father and his, <laughs> um, his, his financial methods, um, which wasn't really something that we really wanted to be doing or spending an entire day <laughs> visiting most, most of the banks on Cornort Circus. Uh, <laughs> with Amit's father, who insisted on taking cash. But, um, yeah, and more than tired, more than, more than tired. Sure, but, sure. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, but, but that was a... I mean, it's, I'm actually still amazed that we, we actually came, came away with a film. I do think it suffered a little bit towards the end. I think after Varanasi, because for me, Varanasi was the peak. But, but, but Alex, I, but Alex, the footage of Kajurajo is amazing. The footage and the stuff with the schools and everything. I, I, we're gonna just we're gonna break here for a moment and we'll come back. When we come back, I have a few questions to ask you about tantra, and also I we I want to talk about the actual what we do cover in the film because I, I I want people to see this film, you know, and so do you. So just give let us break for a moment. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe. This is Laurie Hamler, your host, and I am so pleased and proud to have my guest today, Alexander Schnelling and Kirsty Allison from Slack Alice Films. They're the people, the director and the producer who made the film Tondra Cafe, the film that, that I am the star of, me and my merry musketeers who braved India with me. And uh, if you're somebody who loves adventure and would like to create more adventure in your life, then join me and Gino Alegria on our Red Hot Tantra Tour to India this January 2010. Speaking of India, you'll study six days of Red Hot Tantra in a palace in Ajmer, in the state of Rajasthan, India's most colorful state. You'll receive six days of classroom instruction and then practice together with your beloved in the privacy of your own palace accommodations. When the course is over, you'll visit the holy city of Pushkar. You'll see the world's greatest tribute to romance, the Taj Mahal. And you'll tour the world-famous Kama Sutra temples in Kadiraho. There you'll have ample opportunity to see the temples close up and even get to meditate inside. When you return to Delhi, you'll tour the city or shop in the Paraganj, one of the city's, one of the world's oldest markets. If you'd like to stay on in India, we have a variety of tours you could choose from. For more information about the Red Hot Tantra Palace Tour, 
and course in India, call me at 202-686-7440. That's 202-686-7440. Or write to me, Laurie, at ButterflyWorkshops.com. So we're back with my guests today, Slack Alice Films, Alex and Kirsty, And we're talking about the film that we made called Tantric Tourists in India. And Alex and Kirsty, I mean, okay, so you met me, but did you ever, did you have any interest in Tantra at all before you met me? Um, no. <laughs> in a word. Well, there we have it. <laughs> no, I mean, but but we could, you could, we could now have this discussion. I mean, you could have this discussion for hours now. But the the thing that we've discovered over the last, particularly since the film was finished, is that um, you know we have a very different. We now have a very different opinion of what tantra is. Um, than from previously, because there is this um, false notion of what Tantra is about. And it's incredibly, um, I don't know what the word is, um, it's not, not biased, um, it's just wrong. It's a misconception, it's a misperception of what it is. And, you know, we've, we've had incredible problems trying to get past that because I think uh, a lot of people are frightened by it and I fully admit that um, I don't think I was frightened of it I just thought it was um, a little bit a um, little bit funny a little bit odd in like cheesy sexy che- cheeky you would call it in the UK um, what word would you say I think it's a well you know from speaking about it I've always had an interest in it I've done a lot of yoga over the years but I kind of um, I, I think you learn a lot from sort of chatting about projects to various people you you know at parties and stuff like that and the the kind of reaction I've had from a lot of men in particular has been like tantra why would I want to do that you know it's like this idea of um, kind of um, inadequacy that it can bring out in people it's like you're basically telling them that they're not perfect at sex which um <laughs> like to think they're that not. <laughs> well they like to think that they're the kings of sex so, so that's kind of the immediate issue and the film industry is pretty male um so you've got that to kind of fight against before i mean we we at one point this has been you know we've been three years in the making of this film so it's been through all sorts of embryonic kind of shells and it shed its skin sort of several times to get to the state that it's in today but one of those phases was um the actual title of the film because we discovered that tantra is a word that um a lot of email servers don't particularly like um because they think that you might be selling them viagra um, right. That was kind of one of our first things. We were like, "Oh my God, how are we going to market this film if um, if we can't even get through people's firewalls?" So, I mean, we kind of put it out there. We did some focus groups on um, on different names, um, but we we kind of just came back to tantric tourists because it it's it, it's what it does on the tin, um, and it's it kind of tells you. It, exactly what the film's about I think and um, I think there is a kind of um, I think 
the new age community is so pervasive now as well. It's a, very much the sport of the middle classes and it's a very, right. uh, very accessible thing. So I think, you know, as, as kind of the hippie generation kind of filtrate to be so mainstream that it's, okay. uh, it's, it's kind of, I, I think it's, we've kind of been riding this surf of sort of acceptance really. So. So, well, let me say something to you about that. You know, it's interesting that, first of all, Tantra is becoming more mainstream mm. in that, you know, Oprah has talked about it and various, I, I mean, Sting, the singer, had talked about it, but now he's reneged that he ever talked about it. It's very funny. And now there's a new Tantra champion who is, uh, what's her name? She was in the movie The Guru, Heather Graham. Oh, uh, right, yeah. And she is now the new Tantra champion. And... So while it's becoming more mainstream and more and more people are seeking out information about it and it's much more readily available everywhere than it had been, at least in the West, it's also picking up steam in that other way, you know, in that hidden and semi-prostitution way, both. (laughs) Both things are growing at the same time. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's this, I mean, the Eat, Sleep, Pray um, film that Julia oh, Roberts... Love, Pray. Eat, yeah, love, Pray. Roberts, they're making that. That's a mega bucks film. Um, that's going on right now. And I think there's kind of... People, when they recognize that there's an interest in something, they'll start exploring it financially. So um, maybe we're kind of riding that wave. Let's hope so. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about what the film actually has in it. You know, what the the aspects of the film are. Because I know you're following me through India, but we haven't really told anything about where we go and 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 kind of the things that happen. For example, I mean, for me, the one of the funniest scenes in the film is, and it's also profound, is when we're on top of a mountain doing what's called the Shakti Shiva Mudra, which is where we're connecting the female earth energy with the male heaven energy. And we're doing this beautiful set of, of movement that looks a little bit like Tai Chi. And Alex, somehow you have captured this, this set of white monkeys <laughs> that, <laughs> that are sitting all around us as if we're the show and they're the audience. And the monkeys are scratching their heads and they're scratching their butts and they're going, what are these people doing? <laughs> and that just, that scene to me, that's the one that stands out the most in my mind. It's so hilarious. You yeah, know, I mean, I think a lot of people love those monkeys, yeah. Um, but no, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's just a whirlwind tour. I think it's, I think, it, I mean... I've, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent looking at the images from this film. Um, really so much. And also, not only that, but I know you quite well, Laurie, but the other guys in the film, you know, um, we've only met them for those nine-day periods, but I know them so well. You know, I know Randall, Catherine, Delwood, like, like old friends. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy spending, editing a film, you know, what's... what's um, nine days in the shooting has been so long in the edit suite and I've actually since the film was finished I've then still been watching it because I'm having to convert it to different formats and stuff the reason I'm saying this is because 
I was doing some technical work on the film a while ago and, and I was watching it from the other side of the room. I was sitting on the sofa, you know, in our flat where you've been and I was looking at it from, from a, a way away. And it is incredibly visual film. You know, there's, um, and a lot of that's, most of that is down to India. It's not, not like I'm some amazing cinematographer or anything, but, um, I did learn how to shoot India when, when we first met you a year before. So, you know, you learn certain tricks and how India sort of behaves in front of a camera for you and what, what the best sort of methods to actually capture the, the reality of it all are. Um, which helped us sort of decide how we were going to actually shoot it the first, the, the, you know, the real time with you guys. But it's just, it's incredibly colourful. I mean, it's got elephants, monkeys, um, God, what? Cows. Cows. Yeah, fish. I don't know. <laughs> Donkeys. Um, oh, wait, don't forget, don't forget, it has cobras. It has it has yeah, 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 yeah. It's got animals in it. It's got you know, it's got pink cities. It's got purple mountains. It's got the desert. It's got you know the Taj Mahal, which really is, it really is amazing, an amazing place. And it's got Varanasi, which, which actually I used an excerpt from the film in Varanasi in um, in a presentation I did in Mumbai earlier this year, and it really is just a, a just an amazing place. I mean, I have to go back there. I really, really want to go back there because we weren't there long enough and it's one of my favourite places in the world. But it's just stunning. It's just, I don't know what it is about that place. It's actually the first place I ever went to in India. But I think it has the sim same effect on most people when they're there. Well, that, um, was, that, was where I was, that was where we saw the place where they were burning the bodies. Uh, we saw the most amazing things and then we saw the crematoriums where they have their funeral pyres. And if you remember, I was singing "Light My Fire" by The Doors. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't give us. They, the Doors wouldn't let us use that track, unfortunately. <laughs> and it was going to cost them um, like two thousand pounds to license you singing "Happy Birthday" as you went down the gaps as well. So, um, well down the did gaps. you know that? No. No, because we we had to take. I mean, maybe you noticed the when you watched the film recently at Fort Lauderdale. And well, a it's got my voice on it, but um, it's, yes, I uh, we've had to take a part of the the scene from Varanasi out where you were singing, or no, you weren't singing Happy Birthday. Everyone was singing Happy Birthday to you because we were not allowed to use that song. That's um, amazing. That's you ridiculous. You noticed, but it was right in the middle of the, you know, you probably didn't notice because it's only a short scene, but it's, uh, yeah, no, that's gone. There's been all sorts of journeys associated with this film, but yeah, Varanasi and then Kajarajos, obviously with all the, the tantric statues and the, and then finally the film ends in a, in a village, um, a village, an, an Indian village, not, not the most, um, destitute or, Really, it's not a typical in Indian village, really, because most Indian villages really do struggle for for food and water and any kind of um, and any kind of sort of way to make a living. But it's still an Indian village and um, a very colourful, amazing Indian village. Well, it so got lucky that Indian village got lucky because it has the Ka it has the Kama Sutra temples in it. You yeah. know, I don't know if you know this. You know, when when Mahatma Gandhi was the president of the premier or prime minister of India. He was, he, Gandhi had sex issues of his own, in case you didn't know this. I mean, he, here he was in a full marriage with his wife, and he was, he chose celibacy 
but he chose sometimes to sleep with consorts next to him to see if he could stay celibate. All kinds of stories about Gandhi. And Gandhi wanted to uh, cover the, the temples. He wanted to bulldoze tons of dirt and put and cover the temples and make them into mountains. He was embarrassed by the sexuality on those temples. It's a good thing he didn't win that. British education, I expect, Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I want to. We, we we need to just take another break for a second, and when we come back, we're going to talk. We're going to come to some completion, but we're going to talk just a little bit more about these parts that had to be cut and pasted and different things. But here's some breaking news. Tantric Tourists, the film that I'm starring in, the film we're discussing, a documentary about ten people seeking enlightenment who hire me to take them on an adventure in India. This film, Tantric Tourists, can soon be purchased in DVD. If you become a fan of Tantric Tourists on Facebook, and find out how, you will find out how to get your copy, and you'll be able to get a discount. You can visit www.tantrictourists.com for more information. The breaking news is that Tantric Tourists is featured on November 12th at the Nevada Film Festival. Sorry, November 21st at the Nevada Film Festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if you want to join me there, I'll be there. I'll be at the film festival doing a little exercise before the film. That's at 5.50 p.m. on November 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada. Go to nevadafilmfestival.com. So we're back, and I'm here with the director of the film, Alex Alexander Snelling and Kirsty Allison, the producer of the film, and we're discussing our crazy time together shooting this amazing film in India. So, you guys, this news you just told me about taking happy birthday out. First of all, isn't happy birthday in the public domain? Why do no, you it's owned by two old ladies. Who's that? <laughs> but it's actually owned by Warner Brothers now. So they, it, was, it wasn't actually the real happy birthdays, but it was a kind of, they were school teachers, and they wrote a song that was similar to happy birthday, which basically has kind of emerged, it has worked its way into record companies' hands and has become Happy Birthday to You, the folk song that we all know and love. Um, and they let it go for sort of £2,000 a, um, a segment. So, um, wow. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, well, I, I heard that you could have 30 seconds of a, of a not for Not for a feature film. No, that's, that's a complete fallacy in any oh. way. Um, oh, because I thought I should have just done. No, no. Light my fire. Light my fire. <laughs> I mean, light, light my fire. No, that that is. Um, if you notice, you don't hear much Doors music on TV. No, you know, I, I don't think you'd hear any Doors music on a um, a commercial. You know, you know that never over over Jim's dead body, and obviously he's still alive in Paris, so he's not dead yet. But he's um, that's just not going to happen. But we emailed them to say, oh, hi, we just used a little bit of a refrain from Light My Fire and we thought we'd better ask you if that would be all right. Kind of expecting them to say, yeah. 
sounds like a cool project. You know, we thought that they might be on the independent yeah. side. Yeah, and um, they, they actually emailed me back, um, I think, two days before the, the original screening in London here, where you came, uh, just with one word, no. Um, wow. wow. That was, you know, not, not, there's nothing to do with money. That was just like, you know, I've, you know Jim says no, sorry, bye. But, you know, that's understandable. That's, I understand that more than the happy birthday thing. But the, um, the public domain thing, no, 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 no music is, you cannot use anything. Didn't know. If, if it's owned by somebody. I didn't um, know. That. So, so, you know, I think there's, there's reasons and grounds, to, you know, there's a thing called fair usage. If, yeah. some, if something is in the background of a documentary, and it's it's being played while someone's being interviewed, um, that might fall under the category of fair usage. But if it's being used as a as a element of the film and as an element of the story, no, no way. Um, so yeah, we, that had to go, which was a shame. Well, let's um, let's let's come to round to uh, how the film is doing, and uh, and uh, I listen. I'm not I. You know, I'm not the director. I didn't make the film. You made the film. It is a full feature film. It's an amazing documentary, mockumentary, whatever you want to call it. It's very funny to me, and I'm in it, and if there's any fun being made, it's being made of me, and it's just, it's marvelous. So it's been in a variety of film festivals. How has it done? I know it opened in England the first time it was in London. I was there, and I think, I don't even know what it won there. Tell us what, what... What the film's been winning and where it's been showing. In in the UK, won the best first UK feature at the East End Film Festival, which was quite fitting. It's the East End of London, but they have a very eastern slant. And on that particular year, they the, their version of the East was was you know the East as in India. I think this year that the East is uh, Russia, so they but you know they kind of focus on the East. But that's a. Okay. That's not a, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's a rung down from London and Edinburgh, but it's still a great film festival. It's the biggest independent film festival in, in the UK pretty much now, I think. It's kind of, it's a pretty well-respected film festival. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great festival and it's, it's the right type of uh, festival for this film. It's played in um, Mexico where it won a Golden Palm. We couldn't make that. We'd love to have been able to do it, but these festivals don't pay for you to go and see. Right, track. right. Um, it won. Um, it won a um, spirit of independence. Yeah, spirit of independence uh, at the Fliff, the one you went to. Fort yeah, Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Nevada Best First Time Director, which I like a lot because it's it's not that's not a documentary award. That's across the whole festival. Really? You know, yeah. So that's that's competing with any other, you know, any other feature films, first feature films, whatever. So I mean, that for me. That really means a hell of a lot because the 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 award, the award in London it was there were four other films it was up against but the Nevada one is is um you know that's the whole festival and there's a lot of good films there so that's really I I love that and the, the it's we're still waiting to hear from a whole batch I think will be the news will keep coming in and if you listen to Laurie's show I'm sure she'll update you. Um, We've got... Um, we had it in Cannes as well, didn't we? Cannes Film Festival at the remarkable Cannes in a van. 
Yeah, there's a, but there's a there's a whole back there's a raft of about fifteen or twenty different festivals that that I doubt it's going to get into all of them, but we hope it will certainly get into some of them. Most of which right. are like the early next early part of next year, first part of next year. Right, right. And then there's the big question. Well, I just want to say something about Can in the Van because when you say it was in Can and the Can in the Van festival. <laughs> I saw a picture of that. You have to tell me if this is true or not. I don't. I think you were there. Was is that where they pull a van up, like an they actual drive. moving a van, like a a truck, and they open up the back doors of the truck, and there's a little screen that rolls down, and then they put out a bunch of folding chairs, and people sit down on the street, like by the Carlton Hotel or something in Cannes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a riot. I mean, it's very anarchic, sort of British, um, sort of very independent film festival, and we were one of two features that were selected to play um, this, this year. Um, and it was, really, it was a real privilege to be at such an amazing, um, an amazing kind of thing that is Cannes, which is so full of desperation and glamour and everything all at once. And did people actually sit down and watch the film on the street there? My God, yeah. It was just amazing. We had Grace Jones, like, waving at us when when it was playing and um, loads of people sitting down. And it's just, it was great to just be around and um, kind of be a part of that in some way, very independently. So, um, yeah, that was really enjoyable. That's great. That's really great. Well, I listen, I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I am really excited. I'm looking forward to it. I will... I promise you I will do you justice when I take your award for you, when I capture that beautiful best first director trophy for you, whatever they give you, who knows what it's going to be. Also, by the way, you should just know that if you have something you want me to say, you should send that to me post-haste. Okay, no, thank you. Thank you so much. And something yeah. you want me to say on your behalf, do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, listen, uh, so the big question of the hour here is the DVD. When are people going to see the famous Tantric Tourist DVD starring none other than myself? <laughs> Laurie Handler is the, the legend. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be 2010. I'm, okay. really, I'm really sorry to say that. I've, I've kind of been spending the majority of my time on getting the rights for the music cleared for that. And okay. um, and it's it's being mastered now. It's being mastered. There's, we've got six um, extras on the DVD. Mm -hmm. So we've got a we've got a making of documentary which Kirsty's made. That's nearly half an hour long, which is also very congratulations. Um, so that's that's half an hour long. We've also got a sort of couple of deleted scenes. Um, you know, some 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 more of the beauty of India. We've got a tantric exercise in there. with you as well. Do you remember the the Rishi isometrics? Yes. That's on there. Um, a bonus in front of the Taj Mahal. In front of the no, Taj it's, it's one in um, in Varanasi. Okay. So there's there's actually a um, re, you know like in terms of DVD extras, there's really a lot a lot of value on there. Yeah. And I've been getting all of that together, but it, it, it's just legally, just clearing the legals, it just takes forever. Okay. Um, so it's all, go, it's all ready to go, the, the cover's finished, the, the, you know, the, the printing's done, um, and it's all, it's basically going to be all, basically running it over here in the UK, but we don't have a DVD distributor, it's just run by Amazon, so it's just, it's just us and Amazon 
So it's going to be available on Amazon. It's not, you know, you're not going to have to go and search out, you know, some, some little That's shop. Great. But That's we will, great. you know, it's going straight to the source, you know. So, Wonderful. So just watch it. Well, it's probably a month from now, but we're going to be in Africa. So we're, we've okay. got to actually, they will send us one copy for us to watch and say, okay, green light. And when we hit the green light, it's on sale. So yeah, wonderful. Well, listen, we got to sign off now. So I want to tell you, I want to thank you so much for being my guests, Alexander and Kirsty from Slack Alice Films in the UK. SlackAliceFilms.com. Go to TantricTourist.com. Come to TantraCafe.com. I, I mean, we got a lot of dot coms here to advertise to people. I really thank you both so much for being my guests, and I believe that we have exhibited for people, if they've ever wondered what it's like to be a movie star in a documentary and be followed around and have their nose powdered in a foreign country and have it tur- all turn out, I believe we've, we've made our point today. Well, maybe we, t- we should do return the compliment. If, if, your, if your listeners wish, we could interview you. <laughs> about <really what> you <laughs> did you interviewed me like crazy on film oh yeah so sorry you. I forgot about that yeah thank you so yeah. much you two I'm going to say namaste now namaste from Tantra Cafe namaste bye bye namaste this is Laurie Handlers signing off Cafe a program for spiritual enlightenment stay tuned next week when we talk to a couple about how Tantra has rejuvenated their entire marriage and their spice and love for each other. I'll see you then. Namaste.